Gather round, everyone. Thanks for joining us. It's another episode of the I'll Try That podcast. Uh, it's, we're going mano a mano today. It's me, Barbs, and it's Joe Druitt. Say hi, Joe. Hola. Thanks for joining us once again. Uh, come with us, please, as we head north of the border. We're heading towards Aberdeen to uh, have a bit of a look at Fierce Beer. Um, exciting. That's very north of the border. Yeah, uh, you're like, keep, yeah, get there and keep going. Um, fierce beer is, is the matter of uh, our subject matter today. Uh, but first, I'm going to go to Joe, who's got the hop topic. Joe, what you got for us? So this week, uh, we're talking more sustainability. Sustainability, big hot news. Uh, we're talking about a big brewery in Carlsberg. Yeah. One of the biggest. And Carlsberg are doing their largest trial of sustainable bottles. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, something different from the normal... Glass option, I'm guessing. Yeah. So glass, as we know, the price has gone through the roof. It's so hard to get glass bottles right now. The price of glass has gone through absolutely astronomical. So coincided with the fact that there's a massive push, in, as we know, in the beer industry and in the rest of the world to stop using plastic, stop using glass, mm-hmm. to you look for alternative materials that you can make your products out of. Yeah. So Carlsberg have lent very heavily into card. Card. Okay. So they are they what they refer to as their recyclable fiber beer bottles. Uh, so these are bottles. They look like card. They're, they're card they actually bottles. Actually, do look like card. Yeah, yeah. Quite literally, look like card bottles. Uh, and it has this uh, polyethylene phenonate or PEF, as you'll probably refer to That's it in the going for forward. You to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's a polymer lining. So basically, it's a wood-based fibre shell with a plant-based inner. Okay. That that keeps the liquid safe. So it's not going to, like, seep out. So it's not card. So use it, like, to say it's card... It's watertight, is, like, either way. <laughs> is, ...is oversimplifying it. It's a, it's a wood-based fibre shell mm-hmm. on the outside, as what you would pick up and you'd touch, with a plant-based inner, which keeps the liquid secure and not leaking through the wood-based outside. Oh, okay. It's weird. I can't quite get my head around, you know, what that necessarily looks like until you maybe necessarily get one in your hand. Um, I've also got in my head the slightly sort of kind of dry feel on the lips <laughs> as, you, as you put it to, <laughs> to, to your mouth. but um, And a, a lifetime on the hips. <laughs> But you would have thought at the same time they're not going to be doing this if they thought no. it was going to have you know a real detrimental I, effect on the. I've just pinged you a photo on the chat uh, so you can have a look at oh, what this looks you. like. Thank you. But it, it, I mean, it looks like the, uh, like a bottle, but like a a weird. Uh, it's not like a you know how Almost glass like an egg you box? can get. Is that... Yeah, you know how like a glass bottle is quite shapely, it's quite crafted. <laughs> Obviously, you know what a Carlsberg looks like. This one looks quite stumpy. Yeah, you know, it's kind of a little bit like the the green Teletubby. That that was kind of less popular <laughs> somehow. Yeah, it is. It's a knockoff Teletubby. Yeah, I guess that's yeah. what you say. Yeah, yeah. I say green. Totally. I say green because it's got the Carlsberg label, but actually the rest of it is super beige. Yeah, and I always thought I always wondered about how with the top part of it, how you would get like a cap to fit onto card yeah. outside of glass. Glass, it makes sense. Glass, it makes sense because it's like got those rivets and kind of blah, blah, So basically what they've done by the looks of things, if you look very closely at the um, at the top of it, it's got a normal like metal or aluminium or it'll be cap. Mm-hmm. But it's then like, I don't know what it is, like a weird fitment that doesn't look like the rest of the bottle. Yeah. 
it's, which must be sustainable and must be recyclable as well, this fitment, but it doesn't look, it doesn't, it like an extra piece that's added on to the top of the bottle. Yeah. And then you've got the cap on. So it's like three pieces if you were to think about it that way. Yeah, it's almost like a, a kind of like almost, <laughs> it's not Velpro, but the thing that matches with the, the, the cap. Yeah. Um, and then it doesn't feel not like naturally part of what you're seeing. It's like, like it's like added on. It could be superimposed, couldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll try and um, have, a bash, then, have a bash of this word. Po- polyethylene... F- <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Nightmare, this, isn't it? Um, polyethylene <laughs> furanoate polymer lining. Yeah, easy. P- so, yeah, PEF is what you'll hear PEF. in the future. PEF. So PEF is being used in a lot of places. Um, it's basically the inner lining that's plant-based. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking for those sustainability credentials, you're looking at PEF as a way of, like, still delivering your liquid in more sustainable formats yeah. to consumers. Okay. Well, you know what? Um, if, if there's one thing, even not necessarily the actual uh, <clears throat> materials we make the bottles out of, I think uh, one thing I've noticed doing this podcast of is, is uh, over the years, it actually is now. Oh, um, but innovation. Yeah, we'll go, we'll go for a bit of that. Who knows? Let's go in there. And I think Carls- Carlsberg's not the first, but Carlsberg's certainly shouting about it the largest right now. Uh, I think that, I mean, this sample of 8,000 bottles going across uh, European markets like the UK, France, and Poland, I think you're going to, I mean, people who are listening to this podcast will probably likely see these, uh, these cardboard or wood based, whatever you want to call it. Uh, these are very different looking bottles. And they say, Carlsberg say that the bottles still retain the same taste and fizziness as the glass does with their bottles. Again, I would love to get my hands on one of these and try and test it for, for the viewers out there to see if it actually does taste like a Carlsner, Carlsberg Pilsner. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they're saying as well, I mean, the whole point of this is that obviously it's very sustainable, it's not using a resource that's finite, uh, certainly finite in the sense that glass is not finite, you know, in, in some respects, but it's very much been brought to a head because fi- glass is such a, like a scarce commodity right now that glass, anything in glass is going through the roof, um, that you're looking at different means. So you're looking for different materials that you can rely on that aren't, you know, these things that, you know, will be dictated to by, you know, what's happening in the market. Yeah, I mean, they've got the distribution routes as well, Carlsberg, haven't they? To, if they want to actually, you know, get take this forward, you would have thought, I mean, I'm actually not the head of a major brewery myself, <laughs> but <laughs> there's enough people buying Carlsberg already for them to sort of kind of go, okay, well, you're getting bottles made of, of uh, PEF. Yeah, to actually sort of come to fruition, if that makes sense. No, totally, and you know, and they've already said themselves like this is. Uh, <laughs> uh, so the spokesperson Stephanie Munch, who's the <laughs> vice president. <laughs> I thought you'd like that. <laughs> rugby player. I've got to be a rugby player. Stephanie Munch uh, has got to be a rugby player. I hope so. Um, anyway. uh, sorry, it might even be Stefan Munch or, or Stefan Munch. Either yeah, way, there you go. I didn't want to get. I want to get munched. <laughs> <laughs> But they are the vice president of for group development at Carlsberg, mm-hmm. and they're quoted in this article saying, "Identifying producing PEF as a competent for, uh, functional barrier for beer has been one of the greatest challenges. So getting good test results, because again, not to forget, this is a test of eight thousand yeah. bottles. It's a big test, but it's That's a test nonetheless. Um, collaborating with suppliers and seeing the bottles being filled on the line is a great achievement. So, I mean, they're 
it sounds like from that, Carlsberg are already patting themselves on the back. Like, well done, Carlsberg. We're doing a great job. Um, Way to go, Carlsberg. We'll we'll see. We'll see. Let's see if uh, if it takes off. Uh, I mean, this is possibly a really good starting point for Carlsberg to be considered as being quite fully organic with what they're doing. So some huge credentials that could come Carlsberg's way if this test is successful. But again, it's still a test. Things could go wrong. Yeah, so we'll see. Yeah, we'll right. see how consumers deal with it. Yeah, that's a nice one because with the glass thing, we were saying that that kind of story has kind of grown. So it's been nice to see how the reaction kind of grows. But uh, mm. good stuff. Well, look, well, let's move on and let's do our, our pursuit of hoppiness then in that case. Um, Fierce Brewery in, in Aberdeen. I've got to say, I'd never heard about these guys until, until we got started on this. Um, I've got the... Uh, fierce hazy IPA. Um, Joe, what do you what do you know about them? You, what have you got? I I'm with you, Bob. I've never heard of fierce. I think, and now I've seen the logo, which is this weird, like angry strawberry, like or maybe <laughs> <It> is, <laughs> like an angry is, angry hop. Maybe yeah. maybe it's a hop. It's got to be uh, a that hop would make more sense, wouldn't it? <laughs> make a lot more sense. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a very angry hop. Yeah, uh, let's say with the word fierce written underneath in all like capitals. Hop- it, I'm almost going to call it a hopkin. It looks a little pumpkin-y, but <laughs> right? it's a bit Halloween-y, isn't it? It is. It's it's very distinctive. So I have definitely seen this before, this fierce hop, uh, but I've never tried one of their beers. So I must say, the one that you're trying, the IPA, yeah, is that right? That's right, yeah. That sounds delicious with a sloth in front of it, which is yeah. hilarious. That you, yeah. <laughs> that was, yeah. You'll tell the listeners all about that in a second. I have picked up their maple pancake. <laughs> well, because what else would you pick up? <laughs> uh, yeah, this might not have been the best first beer intro to beers oh, that move. I could possibly have picked up. Knowing that this is like a, a stout, it's a, a maple uh, yeah, so basically how they describe this beer is a, pa- a pancake pale uh, that was made with vegan pancakes in the mash and Canadian maple syrup in the boil. It's full-bodied, full-flavoured, yet drinkable. So it's perfect with vegan <laughs> it's perfect with a vegan breakfast or garnished with a cheeky slice of bacon. Uh, yeah, I, um, the fact that they're calling it a pale is very... Off-putting. I thought that last little comment you made before you said that was they're just trying to ride the success of bacon. <laughs> yeah, no, have it with a bit of bacon. It's just like, no, no, that's not, you know, you're cheating there because bacon's wonderful whatever happens. That's it. And why are they calling it a vegan pancake? It's such a very specific, not yeah, like, yeah. to call it a vegan pancake. So anyway, it, it's not a pale ale. I don't want to give anyone an illusion here. This is not a pale ale. This is more akin to a stout uh, it's not even, oh, it doesn't okay. taste like a stout. It tastes, it's a very dark beer. Um, okay. I am getting this kind of like mapley sweetness that comes through it. So it's not a heavy beer, but it also is not something you want to be drinking in the sunshine, you know, uh, like outside in your garden on a, a lovely Tuesday, you know, two o'clock, whatever you're drinking a beer. Well, I don't know why, but Saturday, Tuesday, yeah. Yeah. whatever. <laughs> two o'clock, midday sun. Hmm. Well, that's um. I mean, yeah. Uh, uh, to get to pass the drabbers test of what's a craft craft beer, it's got they've got to do stuff like this. Um, the the hazy pale um stands up really nicely to a lot a lot of other uh, beers. I was kind of put off by the you can probably see it here the kind of almost toxic green. Yeah, that's a very interesting with a lot of black and white luminous green. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a real shine shine to it, but um, uh, and then lots of black and white apart from that. So I don't know; it probably does stand out on the shelf, but uh, to, to me, that wouldn't necessarily stand out as a beer. 
Um, again, to me, it's got smacks of monster energy. To, 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 to no, you're that. totally right. It does look more energy drink than esque. But is it because it's that metallic, luminous green? Yeah, isn't it? yeah, definitely. Um, but um, you know, it's, it's it's more than acceptable as 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 a as a pale, um, vegan friendly, gluten free, real real juicy. Um, yeah, you know, you're salivating is, is is drinking this. So it's um juicy hops, tropical. Proper solid, proper solid as a, as an IPA. Yeah. So hats off to them. That that's just. Um, I mean, again, I think you have to be an IPA fan to make to to notice it sort of standing out from from a lot of others out there. That's quite a saturated market. It's probably fair yeah. to say, but it's 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 decent and and doesn't look out of place amongst some of those other premium craft beers we've we've tried before. Now, but you're telling me off off air that there's some uh, there's a kind of a, a, how they describe themselves is a bit interesting. Yeah, is so right? um, they are actually. Um, I, I wanted to just double check the backstory on this because some of it doesn't, doesn't really make sense. Two chaps, Dave Grant and Dave McCarty, Dave and Dave, um, D Squared Brewing, is what I probably would have gone for, <laughs> uh, met at a brewing course. Um, and actually, it came out of. Um, uh, I understood that. So this, that they describe themselves as being born from a desire of escaping the oil and gas industry. So I'm guessing what we what we infer from that is that those two, Dave and Dave, were of that background and said, "Well, I'm not doing this anymore." Which I'm gonna go brew which beer. makes sense because Aberdeen is has been built on the oil and gas industry. That is, you know, the of, words, offshore it? platforms. That's what I think of when I because it's the the most northern point of Scotland, basically. And, and so, unless you go to like the Isle of Skye, you know, you're going to the Outer yeah. Hebrides and all that sort of stuff. But this is like mainland Scotland, off the coast is where like big oil drills are. BP are huge in that area. They're a massive employer yeah. in Aberdeen. Because of um, the oil and I, gas. I, I, was, I was up there earlier this year, sort of February time. Six Nations mm. was on. I watched, um, actually it was when England played Ireland, but I was watching it in the company of lots of Scotland fans. But yeah, up there, so there's a big presence of, um, in that neck there was a lot of helicopter pilots for that right. exact reason of getting out to, uh, to, to oil, oil rigs and, and that sort of thing. Um, uh, very accepting of me as not being a Scotland fan when it came, <laughs> when it came to Origin <laughs> Rugby, which was which was very 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 kind of them. But uh, um, yeah, that is what that part of the world is is for. Uh, unless beer is is the beer is, is is there. It obviously sounds like a heartland of, of where beer would thrive in that environment. I mean, my only Aberdeen based uh, anecdote is I was on a um, a train with two uh, then colleagues. Who, uh, one was from Aberdeen and one was from Glasgow and they were having this conversation in English, but I didn't understand a word of what they were saying. <laughs> yeah. That's real, real Scots. Um, it's pretty, it was brilliant. It was a whole different world that I had not experienced before. I was thinking, hang on, but I speak this language as well. How do I not understand what's, what's going on? I have been sat on a beach with a friend from actually a little bit further west, like Oban Way. And <laughs> great whiskey in Oban. Um, great oh, whiskey in Oban. Oban. Oban's got its own uh, preferences, but basically uh, its own preferences. It's, it's got its its own um, strengths and that sort of thing. I was in Portugal with a few friends, and the person from Oban, we'd always noticed this thing about Portuguese as a language sounding sound actually sounds kind of Russian, although you see right, it written down okay. kind of looks Spanish. 
Yeah, I always um, felt like Portuguese had a kind of Russian yeah, twang to yeah. it. Yeah, so you yeah. know, for instance, the famous one's always uh, Jose Mourinho, one of the most, for me, the most famous Portuguese out, out, out there. And he, yeah. uh, he always sounds, yeah, kind of like a little bit Russian, dies uh, Jose. <laughs> That's yeah, yeah, the yeah. worst impression you'll hear all week. Um, but we were all sound Matthew Barber, king of accents. Thank you, thank you. I, my reputation precedes me. Um, but we were sat <laughs> on the beach, and there were some people walking up the beach, and my friend from Oban said, yeah, you're right, Portuguese really does sound like Russian, doesn't it? And then the people that she was sort of pointing at and going, yeah, the, the, them, they got closer and closer. Uh, um, Kate, they're from Scotland. <laughs> 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 they're speaking they're speaking English with a Scottish accent there's no Portuguese there's no Russian going on that's um, yeah I didn't quite tune into whether they were Glasgow or, or Aberdeen but it was it was definitely a Scottish accent very thick very thick and it's uh, yeah it's a different as you say it's a different understanding different appreciation of certain nuances of, uh, of language which big, we don't have big time big time big time <laughs> Um, but fierce. So I mean, uh, sorry. Bring it back to where we're coming come from. Um, they're uh, 2016, so they've been around six years. Not 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 such a long time, but um, they're churning out one uh, at least one very solid beer. I was going to have a little look just to see what uh, how many others. Well, there are there I'm interested to know what their like kind of like core beers are because I've looked on their website and they have a whole section for dark beers. I'm going to describe these dark beers for you. Okay. They have one that's called the Heavy on Bourbon. Okay. Uh, which is a small batch. It's a barrel aged wee heavy, and you know we all know a wee heavy being a Scottish type of beer. So they're very traditional in their roots. They've got a coconut VBM, which is an imperial stout. Oh, I mean that sounds like more than a wee heavy, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah, that's um, my feelings on on uh, um, imperial stouts are, are well known. That's it. They've got a BA Imperial Cafe Racer. Which is a porter again? That's nine percent. This is Ooh. this is big territory. Ooh. And you've got a uh, a bourbon VBM, which is an imperial aged, sorry, a barrel aged imperial stout at twelve point five percent. Okay, they're not looking wow. about, are they? These are some crazy, crazy strong beers. So I mean, the fact that they've got those those are four dark beers that are like core i would say they do those all year rounds it doesn't seem like they're like you know they go in and out they just they're always around when you just don't have time to have a beer drinking session (laughs) that's where you go to you've only got you've got to squeeze it into 15 minutes um this is where you're going and i wish i knew i I would love to know if up in in aberdeen specifically there is a massive like request for these dark beers i would love to know because in general dark beers have nowhere near the sales potential as lighter and you know there's kind of like double IPAs, IPAs, whatever. The, that whole genre, dark beers massively undersell all of the yeah. other types of beers. So the fact that they have four distinct beers in this category That's makes cool. leads me to believe that maybe in the local populace, local area, these are very well sought after. Yeah, yeah, of course. I noticed looking at through a couple of their other beers. The sloth prevalent in the uh, hazy IPA is, is is not always there. There does also appear to be a vulture uh, wearing a suit. Yes, I've I've seen this vulture suit situation. What what's all that about? I'm, I wish I knew. Um, if anyone actually listening knows these guys better than we do, maybe they can write in to to, to let us know. Um, that just to me also speaks of a you know almost like a discontinuity in in some of their kind of vibe. 
I mean, talking about one way they stand out, they've done a, a, a the most unique um, collaboration beer series that I've ever heard of. So they have done a collaboration with uh, Tony Sings, who's a very famous Indian, you know, in Scotland um, restaurateur. Oh, the chef, yeah, of and course. Chef, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, yeah, they've done a whole series of beers with him. Uh, which is hilarious because he's obviously a very Sikh man. And they've yeah. got this carrot, they've got this like kind of silhouette of uh, a Sikh, uh, Sikh headdress with his eyes with Tony Singh's written underneath it. So it's very interesting, oh, quite cool. artsy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they've got a, cin- a citrus pale and they've got an Indian lager as well, uh, which is quite interesting. So their pale, pale ale or their citrus pale is a pale ale infused with lemon zest and coriander seed. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, all right. That's um. That sounds like a chef's got gone hold of it. <laughs> oh, I've never heard of that before. I've never heard of a coriander seed infused beer before. Yeah, that's yeah. really interesting. That's one. So I'd be definitely the Tony Sings is definitely something I'd be interested to try because although I'm not the biggest fan of this uh, maple pancakes per <laughs> pancake pale as I've kind of described, I guess it's just because it's just a dark ale and I I like dark ales, but this is a, a, a you know an, an interesting dark ale. Whereas it sounds like they have some really interesting uh, kind of lighter beers. I mean, their IPA is taste profile barbs. Are you seeing anything different from these guys, or is it something that you expect? It's fairly, uh, yeah. I mean, it's um, yeah. No, it's it's consistent with it. It's one they're they're doing one which is solid and not necessarily pushing the boundaries. But there are so many of their. Um, because they've got the hoppy beers, the dark beers, and the small batches as well. There's plenty of others to to like push the envelope a little bit, but the the hazy is just a, a nice, uh, fruity, juicy stalwart of the IPA sort of world. So um, it, it's worth a go. It's kind of I, I think also the more I look at that list, I go actually it probably makes sense they had a safe pair of hands in there somewhere, um, just to have a solid, reliable IPA. Um, some of their other collaborations I've just seen. <laughs> Uh, so we haven't done an episode on Mash Gang yet, but we will do because they're, they're getting a lot of uh, notoriety, Mash Gang, especially for their non-alcoholic stuff. Um, but they have uh, a collaboration beer. They've got two. There's one that's called the Big Natty uh, with uh, Spear Spear and, and Mash Gang. But they also have another one, which is called uh, the Infinity Pool. But with the photo they've posted on Instagram, is like a, a, a light shimmer. And so it makes it seem like the infinity poo. Uh, <laughs> so, so the child in me had a really good giggle about that just, when I saw that. And then I was like, oh, no, actually, it's the infinity, infinity pool. pool. I've, I've, just, I've just found it. Yeah, you, you're quite fair in what you say there. <laughs> yeah, it's unfortunate with the copying, but also they took the photo. They should have realised that that's what it actually oh, reads. The infinity as. pool. <laughs> Love <laughs> that. Oh well, Which at just least works. in my just mind, gonna, that is going to stick. Uh, so yeah, I, it does seem like okay. So I'm interested by fierce. Now I know that the angry strawberry slash angry hop is a thing. Uh, it's a natural brewery. I have known them. Uh, this angry strawberry, angry hop uh, through collaboration beers i've never seen them as their own beers before this maple pancake i wish i hadn't had the maple pancake in their intro to uh, fierce just because it's not a beer i normally would like anyway um there are by the sound of things a lot of other beers that they're doing which sounds very interesting and i will look out for fierce and i will look out for trying some of their different beers um this maple pancake if you see it 
and oh, you're gosh. interested <laughs> in, in having something that's quite different, you'll be intrigued by it. Um, but don't expect this to be a, I'm going to get a six pack of it and see what happens. <laughs> like it's not a, it's not off. a party pleaser. No. It's not a party pleaser. That's for sure. Um, but it's something a bit different. So Instagram, they have, uh, 18.7k followers. Yeah, not bad. And on Twitter, they have 10k followers. But it doesn't look like they posted. Oh no, actually, they posted six hours ago about their tropical pale. So yeah, they post. <laughs> they post quite regularly. Criticise them for that. Come on, guys, crack on. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's just because they have a pinned update from June twenty one about their new brewery at the time. But obviously, that's a year. Yeah, that's a year ago. Oh my yeah. god, June twenty one is a year don't, ago. Oh, don't, I don't believe don't, it. Don't, you're, gonna, you're gonna kill me. Anyway, um, long story short, fierce beer. The first Aberdeen-based craft brewer that I've heard of. Uh, definitely worth a try. Specifically, the Maple Pancake Pale Ale. Probably not a great shout. Barber, takes last, last thoughts on the IPA? D- down with that. Uh, sorry, down with that in a good way. <laughs> not down with it. I am down, basically. Um, but again, at the same time, we just listed off that I, there's so many options. So, so, so give one of them a try. Probably just you know a bit of a lottery to see, see which one you get. And that's all we have time for in this week's episode of the I'll Try That podcast. And so from me, Joe, Rich, Barber, and Simo, goodbye. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, I'll Try That Podcast.com, and watch us on YouTube. Goodbye now.